Hey, this is Vanessa. This is Carlos. And you're listening to Retro Ad Review. This is a podcast where we select a couple of random old TV commercials and review them. So if you like commercials, listen in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Retro Ad Review. Hi, everybody. So we're going to kick right off and go straight into our commercials. We've covered this topic before, but there's so many of them that um, it's just fun to watch these commercials. So this is partially just us wanting to watch these commercials again. (laughs) Yeah. It's about drug PSAs. So here we go. yours? No, I... Your mother said she found it in your closet. I don't know. One of the guys must have... Must have what? Look, Dad, it's not... Where did you get it? Dad, Answer me. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. That is a really old man voice. <laughs> We're talking to kids and we have an old man voice telling you not to it's like, take drugs. It's like a judgmental grandfather. So the commercial itself is a very, very classic, iconic, whatever you want to call it, commercial. It's cemented in the brains of three generations of people. Maybe not Gen Z, but um, a lot of people remember this thing. So in this commercial, it's a kid, a young, what looks like a teenager in his room, listening to music on his Walkman, I guess. And his dad walks in in his little like kind of business attire just after work. And he starts, he has a box that looks like it has a crap ton of like weed in it. <laughs> and I don't know where he got it from. And then he starts interrogating his son. And as he interrogates him, the kid says the classic line. I learned it by watching you. And and then the dad is just taken aback and then the commercial basically ends. So there's no resolution. Does the kid become a crack addict? Does the dad change his ways? Because it looks like his dad, it implies that his dad smokes weed after work or something. He needs to relax. Yeah, he's got busy times. It was the yuppie 80s cocaine era, so maybe he just needed to chill out. That's true. He wasn't doing, he's actually probably doing the better of the drug, the drugs out there. So it's a it's a classic commercial. I mean, I've seen it quite a few times and it was I think all of the PSAs that we have discussed in this episode and the previous PSA episode have all been made fun of in some kind of capacity. Mm, yeah. yeah, well, this ad was brought to you by the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. Not viewers like me. From viewers like you. Thank you. Uh, The Partnership for a Drug-Free America started in 1985 when ad agencies got together to quote-unquote unsell drugs. Said they had a harder time doing that because it wasn't selling to kids like Joe Camel or something, but to tell them to stop. I love Joe Camel. (laughs) Why was there not a cartoon with Joe Camel? (laughs) That would have done well. Because, as we learned in the Sugar Bear episode, you can no longer put 30-minute advertisements. And I don't think parents would tolerate Joe Camel telling their kids uh, to smoke for what half about, an hour. Wait, wait, wait. Joe Camel's really old, though. What about that episode? What about that? 
Is that when he was made up? Yeah. <gasps> he looks really old. I thought he was really old because he looks like... You remember that infamous ad with the Flintstones smoking? Yeah. I thought he was that old. Okay, no. forget it. Don't mind me. So, the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. In the 1980s, they started the largest private-run public service announcement in history. They, they just pumped in a lot of money and a lot of airtime. Which helped because a lot of people wanted to jump on the the goodness of the message. So they got a lot of stuff for free. Like the airtime to air it on TV, they, they got it for free. And Federal Express even offered their services like shipping and stuff. The print ads for free and stuff like that. Wow. So... It was feel, pretty good for them. I think kind of going back to your yuppie cocaine thing about the dad, I feel like a lot of these people were probably into cocaine and were just like <laughs> overcompensating. Yeah. Like the people in charge of FedEx, it's like, maybe we should do this and no one looks at it. <laughs> but that was kind of one of their criticisms. That FedEx supported this? No, is that though they got everything for free. Nice. They still need to keep the lights on. Some of their financial backers were the makers of alcohol, tobacco, and pharmaceutical companies. So they just target illicit drugs, but illicit drugs like alcohol and pills and stuff, they didn't really. Oh, okay. So like this drug-free America thing was supported by like tobacco companies, for instance. So basically they don't want you hooked on drugs because they would prefer you to be hooked on. (laughs) They want all the money. (laughs) Okay, fair. Well, not fair. Uh, They support like Anheuser-Busch, Philip Morris, RJ Reynolds, who created Joe Camel, Bristol-Myers Squibb. Just a bunch of different things. Johnson & Johnson's philanthropic arm even gave them their uh, rent space. It's funny. I think one e- the one of the CEOs or something became the head of the group in the 90s or something like that. It's funny because I look at Johnson & Johnson and like the list of bad brands. Bad brands that tout addictive stuff. And I don't necessarily think of Johnson & Johnson. I think of, I don't know, baby powder or something. I used to but, think but, that. Yeah, but which also I think their baby powder is also bad. Um, <laughs> I think I think, rash. I think produce a lot of, well, I guess nowadays. Now we know I think that of the vaccine. Yeah, I was about I was to like, say baby that. powder and now vaccine. Yeah. So the vaccine, yeah. I think, put them at the front of the regular person's mind of a group that creates so medicines and such. They found out that because they were a non-profit organization and they had to put their financial stuff Uh. in the open so a reporter from the nation magazine made the expose and a lot of people were kind of upset but they eventually took out support of alcohol and tobacco but they still take pharmaceutical companies one of the heads said i take money from the devil if it gets crack cocaine off the street but then after a while they're like okay alcohol tobacco is gone but pharmaceutical companies they still take some money but they warn of the dangers of illicit and illicit drugs now and reach out to parents and at-risk kids. So, like, opioids. It's the opioid epidemic. Okay. That's they messed up. Ev- they went through, like, 50 names, but they're eventually called Partnership to End Addiction. And I don't know if it'll stick. Because even in 2016, they were called the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids. So, oh. it's just... Change. Why <laughs> focusing on why was it drug free America and they like limited their scope to drug free kids? Maybe it was just too many people to focus on. It's like this is too many millions. It's focusing on the millions of children. Okay, so 
Yeah, that's kind of a weird one that they didn't do the... That they've changed their name. I feel like Partnership for Drug-Free America is fine. Or maybe it isn't. No, actually, you know what? End Addiction's a really... I think it's a much better one. I mean, it's kind of evolved with the times. I think that's sort of the angle of it now, rather than just preventing kids from... I don't know. Super general. (laughs) It is a bit, but like, I think... Partnership to end bad stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I think I didn't know they changed their name. That's news to me multiple times because I just know them as the Partnership for Drug Free America. Also, I thought they were gone. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there was a big drug, don't do drugs push in the 80s and early 90s. And then they went, you know what? That's that's fine. I think we're done with this. And and just like you sort yourselves out. So, yeah, but this commercial, I think, is a good I don't know how to say if it's a good commercial, but it's definitely one that's stuck into the minds of everyone, like I said earlier. Weren't there a lot of parodies of it at one mm, stage? Yeah, there's a lot of parodies of all these because they're so cheesy. They feel like an after-school yeah, special. Yeah, they're really... Well, after-school My specials f- were tied with these drug things, yeah. weren't they? So, yeah. Time Magazine listed it as one of their top 10 PSAs. And my favorite parody is probably the Kraft macaroni cheese one kid reaches across the the plate of his sister to eat um, macaroni cheese and the dad's all like where did you learn how to do that he's i learned it from watching you then he starts crying it's like parents who skimp macaroni cheese have kids who skip macaroni cheese it's hilarious because it's so exaggerated and funny what are you doing she was full i could tell come on she's not full what where'd you learn this uh, Who taught you how to do this stuff? You. All right. I learned it by watching you. Parents who skim mac and cheese have kids who skim mac and cheese. Gooey, creamy, delicious craft macaroni and cheese. You know you love it. That's really funny. I like that commercial. I think the dad was the best in that commercial. Dad, yeah, you actually have to watch the commercial. I'm um, like crying exaggerating. <laughs> If you want to watch this, the original commercial and then this parody, you can find them both on YouTube. Uh, you can find the first one, the original, titled PSA, I Learned It By Watching You. The ad is actually called Like Father, Like Son. Yeah, but most everyone remembers it as yeah. I Learned It By Watching You. And then if you want to watch this craft one, it's Craft, I Learned It By Watching You. Uh, <laughs> it's I the think dad. it'd go a little different if it was real life or our parents or anything, right? <laughs> I think so. I think, well, it depends on your like, parents. Hey, I'm still telling you not to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think most parents would be like that. They wouldn't be like shocked and be like, oh my God, like reassess their lives. They would just be like, I don't care. Just do what I tell I you. I have my reasons. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. I don't right. think it's it's not... That's why this is all feels like an after-school special, because everything... Actually, this is probably one of the more unresolved... Well, a lot of these PSAs are actually quite dark, aren't they? They're, they're not like after-school specials yeah. in the... You know the after-school specials where a lot of them were tied up in a lovely bow? Yeah. In these, they just seem to be... The darkest one to me was sniffing glue in the 90s. And what? The, the little girl was in an attic room, and then it just floods with water, and she drowned. What? Yeah, don't remember that. One? I don't remember that one at all. Like a hundred times. I don't remember that. Maybe I blocked it out. That's that's really yeah, it's dark. Freaky. So they drown a little girl. Yeah. These PSAs were too much. I think they were they were going for shock value or whatever, and it <laughs> just it was they were just going so, for shock value so for mean. some after school special for some and abstract weirdness for others, which like, takes us to this next one. So. 
I think the one we just watched, the Like Father, Like Son, is number two in the top most well-known drug ads, and this is number one. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? So, in case you are unaware, that is your brain on drugs. <laughs> so this is um, the brain on drugs commercial. It's 15 seconds. It's not even that. It's like 10, a 10 second ad. All it does is just show well, you. Actually, they had various versions of it. Oh, okay. Well, this is the one I know. Yeah, that's, the, main that's one. the main one everyone knows with the three sentences or whatever. Yeah, there's nothing happening in it. It just shows an egg being cracked into a frying pan and then the egg frying. That's it. There's nothing else. The frying pan is your brain. And the egg is your brain on drugs. The frying pan says, isn't the brain. The frying pan, the brain is, wait, this is your, no, this is your brain, which is the egg, because he cracks it. So it's a symbolic. In case we need to describe this to you. So this is, this is a symbolic, very um, yeah. abstract, as he said, commercial. Yeah, it's a very abstract commercial. So there's the frying pan. I'm going to use my art degree. Is the frying pan is something to hold something. <laughs> it's your the skull? Egg, yeah, I guess it's your skull. The egg is your brain. And no, then wait, the frying pan is... The heat is drugs. <laughs> Cause this is so wait, yeah, this is your brain. Okay, so there's a frying pan so with we a can, frying egg. We oh, can, no, that's the butter. Okay. No, 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 we can... No, that's not butter. That's an egg. He cracks no. the egg into it. But it starts sizzling with the butter. No, it's sizzling because of the heat. Oh, that's butter. Is your brain butter? I never assessed <laughs> this commercial before. <laughs> so yeah, it kicks off showing... What? So, sorry, your egg, your brain is an egg. No, your brain is the frying is pan and butter. And then drugs is apparently an egg that that's going crazy. Catalysts your brain. This to is your brain. Egg whites. It looks like a good egg too. I mean, it's very oily. This pan, like, it's not going to well, be a healthy egg. This egg. Apparently, it's telling you it fries your brain. Yeah, yeah, your brain gets fried. That's it. Um, yeah, so that- I, I assume actually what they're going for is that your brain is the egg. Here's an egg. Here's an yeah, egg being that's fried. Yeah, I didn't show it. That. Other ones explain this a little better, but yeah. Yeah, it's a... It's okay, well, that was... That I was, thought it was gonna... What? They should have showed the egg, then cracked it in the frying pan, and it's frying, like, this is your brain on drugs. Yeah, but maybe this was... Cheap. But it's butter. And- yeah, it was the butter. The butter kind of threw my... And the heat would be the drugs, I guess, because it's frying your brain. Dang, I never... Okay, no... <laughs> I always just took this for granted. Yeah, I really took this for granted. We had no concept of what drugs were when this came this out, was- so frying pan into our brains <laughs> okay so this one was also made by the partnership for drug-free america uh, so if you want to watch this commercial it's actually a double feature on youtube you can watch it it's titled 1987 classic brain frying pan plus from you drug psa's tv commercial the actual name is frying pan yeah but most everyone knows it. this brain is your on brain drugs. on drugs yeah so, if you watch the commercial, you'll see the partnership. I think all of these ads have the partnership for Drug Free America, the, the kind of name of it splashed onto it in some kind of capacity. So, yeah, I mean, we've, we've gone through the commercial. 
ad nauseum. Wow. I think I still feel a little bit like shocked by my head. Not being my able... brain is uh, fried from trying I'll... to take this commercial pieces. <laughs> so this commercial, like I said before, it was played all the time. It became very well known. I think part of what helped is that it was 10 seconds. So you could probably see it repeatedly throughout your cartoon watching. When you're watching like He-Man or something, then this came on. It's been nominated as one of the best ads by numerous publications and advertising companies and stuff. So TV Guide said it was one of their top 100 ads of all time. Time said it was one of their top 10 public service announcements. Entertainment Weekly said it was the eighth best commercial of all time. I think what's interesting hearing some of these is that it sort of rates things. You know how at the yeah. end of every episode we kind of rate them? Like, I, yeah. it, it kind of fits in that zone because, as we'll find out later, I'm not quite sure any of these ads were effective. But <laughs> it's still stuck in the public consciousness. So I think yeah. that's the measurement for a lot of these things, that it really stuck in your brain on drugs. So apart from that, you watch the commercial and then you walk away thinking about your brain being on drugs, I guess. Um, some criticized it for not being effective and pretty vague, which from our breakdown, yeah, I kind of yeah. get that criticism now, along with general criticism of the, the partnership for the drug-free America or end addiction or whatever it's called now. One particular critic who was very unhappy with how this commercial played out was the Egg Association because they thought that it would make kids think eggs were bad. They load you with cholesterol. Yeah, eggs have gotten... (laughs) Eggs have gotten a bad rap over history. Eggs are fine. Eat eggs. Don't do drugs. Eat eggs. Maybe that's what the Egg Association should have done. The ad itself was about drug use in general. It wasn't about heroin or crack or... I would suspect in their mind they had crack just because... For some reason, crack cocaine was the the big monster of the 1980s. But yeah, this was just kind of like, here's drugs and you and your egg brain is going to die from it. So in 1997, 10 years later, they decided to update it to be more specifically focused on heroin use. So we're actually going to play that one now. So you get a bonus clip in this episode. This is your brain. And this is heroin. This is what happens to your brain after snorting heroin. And this is what your body goes through. Wait, it's not over yet. This is what your family goes through. Your friends, Many, many questions. So in this commercial, it features Rachel A. Cook of She's All That fame. And she's in a lot of hallmarks now. And other, you know, of film and television. I think the biggest one is She's All That, right? Yeah. I can only think She's All That and um, Josie and the Pussycats. When did She's All That come out? 98, I think. Oh, so this was before She's All That? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, she was, she was probably popular in some other fashion. I'm not looking into it. <laughs> but we know her mainly from She's All That. And she was cast. They, they originally wanted to be a male actor, but she wanted to do it kind of for the cause. So she decided to take part in this commercial. Heroin was specifically chosen because it was kind of a glamorous drug at the time. So there was like even heroin chic 
And that's what the models were called during that period of time. And there were a lot of celebrities who admitted to using heroin in some kind of way, and then a few of them were dying. So it was kind of pinned as a drug that they needed to do a specific commercial on. Moving on from weed and from quack cocaine. This is crack. Rock cocaine. Um, <laughs> Uh, they moved on to heroin. And yeah, I do think of heroin as a kind of mid to late 90s sort of drug. Um, again, I think that heroin chic thing from the models, like the supermodels, really did make an impact on that sort of thing. And uh, it was also... They're always thin anyway. Yeah, that's part of it too. I think you just get so focused on heroin, you forget elements of life to take care of yourself. Um, that's what Rachel Lee Cook just said. You, you waste away, I, I think is part of it. You're just so... Like, is it an opiate? I, I don't know. I don't know enough about drugs. Um, and I don't care to because I don't know anything about drugs and I won't take them. I won't take them. Um, <laughs> I guess these things work. I guess these things worked on us. The thing that worked for me was watching those stupid little like PSA banners before playing like Street Fighter on in an arcade or something <laughs> like that. It's just like, what is this? Come on. I don't care about the FBI. <laughs> I want to kick someone. I lose. So, so this commercial, compared to the other one, although the other one was kind of scary, too. I remember seeing it as a kid, and it's got this doom and gloom music. <laughs> that alone note yeah, they boom. hold on the keyboard. Wow. <laughs> um, more dread. This one, you can see just from the way it was filmed, and the actress that was in it, and I guess the drug that was being depicted in this was aimed at an older demographic. They, in this commercial, you could tell, uh, if they broke many things in the house. It was meant to show the effects of drugs, not only on the drug user's brain, which they show right at the beginning, but also in the rest of their life and how it damages everyone around them. So it's, I think it's kind of effective in communicating that aspect compared to what we were trying yeah, to break your life, down. <laughs> your life is going to get ruined. So just like we said, this has been a very popular stuck into the public consciousness, at least the American public consciousness, for many, many years. This Is Your Brain, This Is Your Brain on Drugs has been nominated for inclusion in the Madison Avenue Walk of Fame as one of advertising's all-time great slogans. It was nominated, I think, in 19... Oh, sorry, 2006. I th it's, like, pretty much the slogan of the whole anti-drug movement. It is. I think so. Like I said a minute ago, the I learned it from you or whatever it was, I think is the second most famous exactly of famous. these. This one's like tops. This one they should play again and again just because it's like, you know, this is a fun ad to watch. And then uh, it continues. Um, so on April 2017, 20 years later from the last ad we just watched, Rachel Lee Cook starred in a similar commercial criticizing the war on drugs. So I guess she was kind of... She was complicit in the war on drugs and wanted to fight for the cause and then realized this hasn't been a great outcome overall, especially with that opioid crisis. The war on drugs is ruining people's lives. It costs billions and it doesn't work. So yeah. don't do drugs, but also I think it's just kind of the end the addiction thing, but also don't abuse drugs. Yeah. And also the processes, we're not going to get into it any of this but also the processes and that were used to fight the war on drugs just didn't work yeah, which we'll get into that after our after this commercial break <laughs> this ad break get this marijuana can mess you up <laughs> right we've been getting high for what 15 years nothing's ever happened Did I get into all the drugs and start mugging people? 
didn't do anything. In fact, I'd say I'm exactly the same as when I smoked my first joint. Eddie, did you even look for a job today? No, Ma. Marijuana can make nothing happen to you, too. This is an interesting one. It's that old man again. (laughs) I don't know. I wonder if they were going, either he was the guy in charge of drug-free America or one of the kind of heads or whatever, or they were trying to go for this paternalistic grandfather tone. It's similar like a 1950s thing. Yeah. So this commercial, if you'd like to watch it, it's called Nothing Happens with Marijuana PSA TV Commercial. So you can find that pretty easily. And in this commercial, it's completely in black and white. It just shows two fellas sitting on the couch and not really doing anything. And that's it. They're just chatting. They're just chatting kind of to, not to the camera, but just chatting to each other, almost speaking to the camera. So what you're saying is... Nothing happens in the commercial. Yes, nothing happens. It's like a precursor to Seinfeld or something. And off screen, like a disembodied voice, his mother calls out to him to ask him, you know, if he looks for a job. And he's like, no, they're both smoking a joint, it appears. And they look older. They don't look like teenagers. So I think that's what it's getting at. Well, I don't think it is. I don't think that's the point of this commercial, that your life just goes away. It's not that you're going to be stabbing people for drugs. It's You might just be sitting on the couch for the rest of your life, smoking because you've wasted your life. Woo. So that's the spooky part about this commercial. So yeah, it was a pretty normal... It's simple. I don't know. I kind of like it in a weird way. I feel like because I hadn't seen it that much. I tried researching. I heard they pulled it out quick. I'm not sure if it was or not. Oh, okay. All right, well... All right. Well, this was Nothing Happens. It came out in, I think, December 1988. Ooh. It's created by the Office of National Drug Control Policy. How many of these places were there? In partnership with the Partnership Partnership for Drug-Free America. (laughs) Okay. Because you can see that clearly at the end when the weird 1950s cigarette salesman tells you that nothing happens. Nothing happens. So, it's basically just the man smoking in his room, and 15 years, he hasn't got a job, his life is stalled, and that sucks for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't seem to suck for him, he doesn't seem too, he's, he's he doesn't seem too upset, he's just yeah. happy because he's high all the time. Yeah, maybe that's it. So, this commercial, along with many others, was used in a study to study the boomerang effect of PSAs. And they said the PSAs aren't completely effective. In fact, in this one in particular, one of the authors of a study wrote, exposure to the PSAs reduced the perceived risk of drug use and increased curiosity to use of marijuana. Youth may have misinterpreted the tagline, marijuana can make nothing happen to you too, literally. (laughs) So, like, nothing can happen to you, so you might as well try it. I mean, especially with marijuana, not a lot of people die from it you know yeah, so I, I kids are gonna see that the parents are telling them something that's the first time they ever heard of it they're gonna want to try it yeah it makes nothing happen to you so there's no risk do you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's not gonna hurt you in any way it's just like nothing happens it's not saying like it's you're gonna die deep for kids i guess because their brains are high so like oh i guess nothing happens well it's not even just they like can't high. Even t- interpret the well there's also the double the, entendre there's also the the, the brain here I was told things when I was a child and a teenager, and even now, you just can't view yourself. Our brains aren't able to view our future selves as ourselves. So like 15 years later, nothing happens to this guy. 
What does that matter to me? A 13 year old, you know, 28 year old me is going to be rocking it. I'm going to be doing great. I'll just smoke some weed. I'm not going to be this guy because it's too hard to be. It's too hard to communicate yeah. your futures in your hands in that kind of sense. It's too difficult. Especially since People don't pay attention. These were targeted to teens and teens are a lot more cynical and less malleable than little kids. So they're going to be able to see that this is really exaggerated. Yeah, they'll see that it's exaggerated and, the, and 15 years is the ad too agencies long. And the parents, for some reason, didn't get that. I think it, it's because it's made by older people. I think like, even in the beginning of the PDFA, the Partnership for Drug Free America said that they had a hard time appealing to the demographic of kids. Well, that's that's terrible because if that's what their job is, then they're doing a bad job at it. I think... Kind of going back to what I was saying, it's like it's made by older people. It's not like a bunch of teenagers are going to get yeah. around in a room and create a bunch of commercials. Unless it's that Walmart commercial we did that one time. But like <laughs> if if I'm a kid and watching this and I'm an old person watching this, one of the scariest things as an older person is knowing that you wasted your life. That's the sad thing. Like, you know, when they do all of those things, when kids are, when they're, they're talking to like 70, 80s, 90 year olds, it's like, what are your biggest regrets in life? Or what pieces of advice you give? Don't waste your time working. Spend more time with your family. Make use of all this stuff. One of the greatest regrets and fears of being older is that you wasted your life. Because you're a teenager, you have no life. So you're not as scared. You're just not as scared of the prospect of wasting Children your have life. no futures. They're the only live in the present. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. That's why you were happier back then. So I think that's part of what doesn't make this work and why this tagline is not a tagline that's as iconic yeah. as the other two because I guess they pulled it, maybe, as you said. Yeah, but other studies have shown that there was a 1997 Canadian study that showed the earliest risk for kids was alcohol, 10 and 11, prescribed drugs, 11, hallucinogens, 12. How is... Okay. Marijuana and hashish, 13 and 14, crack cocaine, 15 and 16, and 16 was the pivotal year for experimentation. And past that point, it's kind of not about peer pressure or early risk when you're 18 to 20-something. You might want to experiment, but you're not as susceptible to peer pressure and really bad stuff happening in your brain. That's kind of nice in a way that you're not susceptible to peer pressure, which I'm not quite sure that's true. But I, I can't under... Uh, okay. I can't understand how the earliest risk for hallucinogens is above the earliest risk for marijuana. Well, I guess that was Canadians in particular. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? There's something in like maple syrup that's just like if you cook it wrong, it just makes yeah. you go... And there was stop signs talking to you. Another study that said that maybe parents had to really walk a fine line when talking about their own past drug use. They didn't inhale. Because if the parents are still alive and the kids are like, it probably wasn't that bad, even if they discourage it. And when parents discourage something, kids are going to want to try it more. So it's yeah, really, really difficult. Yeah, it's really tricky. That's awful. Yeah. So one of the solutions they said could probably be appealing to their sense of independence, could curb their drug use. But uh, that's the, what, the guy, he cited specifically the um, Above the Influence campaign. And one of them that. was in particular a kid who said, who, who was similar to this. He's like, outside there's a lot of bad problems, but hey, nothing happens to me. I'm just smoking weed in Ben's couch or whatever, Phil's couch, something like that. Ben's like, hey... I'd rather risk going outside because I'm cool and hip and independent and I don't need to use drugs to be cool. I smoked weed and nobody died. 
keep yourself alive, you go over to Pete, sit on his couch till you're 86. Safest thing in the world. Me? I'll take my chances out there. So that was one of the things. But mm. one of the bad things about the um I don't need drugs to be cool sounds really uncool. No, that didn't he didn't say that. <laughs> I he know, but like the concept off like, I'm cool. Yeah. yeah, the concept of some of that is a little mm. But one of the bad ones with above the influence was a really notorious one called Dog's View. What? Oh no. There was a little dog. <laughs> he walked into a girl's uh, the kitchen and he's like, "Hey, Katie or whatever, why don't you play anymore?" All you do is use drugs now or something. I want my friend back. Hey, Lindsay. I wish you didn't smoke weed. And it's like, oh, wait, wait that. a minute. How is that supposed to discourage drug use when it's just so trippy? It's like a little cute dog with it, the moving mouth CGI thing. I Talk mean, the joke girl. here is that the man who made it up was Talking to the girl from Zack and Cody. <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, that poor dog. I thought a dog was going to die from eating so drugs So that one just backfired completely. Yeah, so that's not good. So I guess the Above the Influence wasn't too effective. Yeah. I Was Above the Influence... It sucks. You can't do anything. <laughs> They're going to get it or it's not. It's too difficult. <laughs> it's too difficult like to communicate it. But my question here is... Remember the one that's very similar to this kind of nothing happens thing. It's like, oh, she's been smoking all the time and it's this horrific oh, the looking. Flattened girl one. Yeah, yeah. she's like completely deflated. Yeah. Was that above the influence? No, that was, I think it was later on. Past, I think it was in 2009 or something. Um, yeah, no, no, no. That was a much later one. I just remember that. I guess they're still kicking those around. I should watch more like kids' TV just to see what kind of commercials they're throwing out. Okay. Apart from like PSAs new Nerf balls. What are they doing? Uh, cell phone addiction now or something they should should do instagram or instagram kids aren't using that and they should do misinformation don't text and drive that was one yeah you're right all right so those are all of the commercials from this psa period that we've gone to in fact it's funny that we went with the other we did a previous psa episode which you should listen to as we've alluded to it many times but it's funny that we didn't even talk about the first two in this. We didn't choose those as our last episode because those are the, the like the when heavy hitter. Yeah, this is when you think of PSA commercial things. This is what you think of. So what we're gonna do now is break it down. Uh, we're going to. <laughs> oh, cool. So we're gonna rate them. Okay, so of the three, which is your least favorite? These are great. These are all great. So this is actually tough for me. Least favorite. I'm going to go with mine. (laughs) Go with yours because they're a little hard for me. I think think I'm going to go with Nothing Happens. Okay, so to, to kind of angle all of this here, there's definitely some nostalgia elements playing into everything that I'm assessing here. I actually really like Nothing Happens because it feels almost like a short film. It's such a weird one for me. It's kind of hefty for all. Yeah, all I, I... 30 seconds. I genuinely really but like it. But there's longer versions, too. Yeah, I genuinely really like it, but I think what I... I feel like the other two are just so much more... Again, like I said, the the nostalgia factor kind of comes into it here. That's why I'm like having they some just, trouble. That's it. It's like I think that's why this one gets beat out because it's just it's not as cemented in my brain. Although I do like 
I just like it. It just can't beat the other two for I a guess, few reasons. I guess I'll go with this one too. It is pretty simple. Just a guy sitting on the couch saying that nothing's going to happen to him. He's not going to become a serial killer or whatever. I feel like I'm watching an indie film from 1990. Yeah. One of those depressing Gen X films is black and white. Yeah. It's like Clerks or something. Yeah. It kind Isn't of that what Clerks is? is? <laughs> okay, so then... That was Clerks 2006. He's like, I'm still here. Yeah. I think they're talking about another... I don't know. But um, what's... Okay, what's your second favorite? Uh, I'm gonna. The nostalgia's heavy, heavy on this one. But I'm gonna go with Brain on Drugs a second, probably, because it is so abstract and it's just so simple. It's super iconic, but it doesn't have much saying to it. And from our breakdown here, any questions now brings up a lot more questions <laughs> than it did before. I'm actually gonna go with like Father, like Son as my second one, just because it's so. It's really corny, and that either can make it tops for being how corny it is, or make it second, which is what it makes it for me here. It's, it's, I don't know, that man looks like he could be a stand-in for, like, Mario. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> like, He looks, and also his accent, he must be from, like, New York or New Jersey uh, or something The like organization that. was from New York. Okay, that makes so much sense, because he walked and I'm like, is this like, man hey, from I'm New from York? Hey, I'm from the Bronx. Yeah. Um, what are you doing here? Uh, some sort of like, why are you? I'm not even gonna attempt it. And it's it's just goony. This kid goes mm-hmm, that whole thing. It's just such a stupid little commercial. But again, it beats out the other one for me because it's just so it's just so good in its terrible, terrible way. Uh, for me, number one would be like father, like son, because of the cheese. <laughs> See, this is where the struggle comes I, that's, in. That's why I said it was one or the other. The other one's super iconicness could have helped it, but this one is a story. It's some kid. Yeah. He's yeah. wearing grungy looking clothes for the 80s. Then he's, uh... There was a transition. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, it's just like a mini after-school special. One of them's a mini indie movie, one of them's a mini after-school special, and one's an abstract art house thing. <laughs> so, yeah, just... It's great with the little kid, and then his father's just confronting him, and he throws it back at his dad, and his dad's shocked. Uh, the you can see that little. as a whole. It's 14. You can see that as a whole. Yeah, it's after a little play. special garbage. It has a whole story. That's why I like it. Yeah. So, mine, the reason why I picked Brain on Drugs, the frying pan one, as my top one, is it's so short. Okay, we we dissected it and it was a little confusing, but it feels effective in conveying a very quick message. And I feel like it's the kind of thing that I've seen so many times and I almost welcome it when I see it on a VHS that we watched. It's like, it's a brain on drugs commercial. How long did it air though? I don't know. It went into the late 90s or something, right? ages. We're not including in kind of our top three, the, the Rachel A. Cook one, just because it's kind of a bonus one, but that one's very good. I think I'd put it Nor in. Nor the other ones we kind of name dropped. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will get, we plugged this one in. Yeah, I think that's the main reason for it. It's just a really good ad. It's powerful. It appears to have not done what it was supposed to do, which was convince people to not take drugs. But yeah, like it's just kind of like your brain gets fried when you're on drugs. Here's a visual representation of that. Cool. I like that. It's really simple. So that's no. why I would do it. So, okay, we're going to do the uh, question. Which one would you buy? Crack cocaine? Uh, marijuana? Heroin. Uh, or heroin? I think if... Okay, which one do you think, even though we've we've the kind of put out... Yeah, like, of these, they weren't... Most of these weren't effective. 
<laughs> as we've I learned. The most effective one to me would probably be like father, like son, because the dad actually affects, it affects the dad and he's, he's shocked. The other one, the mom's screaming at the pot smoker and of the abstractness of the brain on drugs is a little weird. Okay, wait. So for it's me, like- it's like, oh... The kid and the dad can connect now. They can both drop drugs, blah, blah, blah. I always thought these PSAs were targeted at kids and stuff. And I guess that's what they were going for at a certain point because I was a child. But so is this basically like father, like son? Okay, this sounds really stupid. Is it targeting adults to be like, don't do drugs because your kids might do drugs? That's stupid. I don't know why I didn't realize that. I don't know why. I just think of it as it being focused on the kid. And yeah, and the kids would relate to the kid enough that they'd see that they're talking to them too. Don't do drugs, I I guess, but it's really just the target audience here is our parents. Man, they... they, Target audience are parents here. They were very uh, hit and miss with the messages. (laughs) Yeah, um, sorry. No, that was me. I think I just didn't quite grasp it because the last time I saw it was when I was a kid and then I was thinking of it from a kid's perspective. For me, I actually think, and this is what I'm saying, the most effective for me, because this is personal, right, is that last one. Because as an old person, I'm scared of wasting time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is a, that, that's why it would be most effective to me, because that resonates with me and just time being wasted. 14-year-old me probably would have been like, yeah, no, I'll be fine. Whatever. I didn't do drugs. I'm depressed, anyway, so. but I still have the whole world ahead of me. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, wasn't that good. Okay. So, wait, wait. Is my brain butter? Yeah, your brain's butter. The frying pan, the heat from the frying pan is drugs, and then your brain becomes an egg. So, in the Rachel Lee Cook one, the frying pan is what? She says it. Heroin? And this is heroin. Yeah, she says the frying oh, okay. pan is heroin. She actually... So, the heroin it. is also in the brain butter? I'm confused. In the okay. brain butter. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So we'll leave you with those questions. My brain hurts now, so we'll leave you we'll with We'll take these. some drugs. <laughs> take we'll some take some Adderall as- to yeah, understand yeah. it. Some aspirin to calm my heads down. Um, so... That's it. We'll leave you with all of these any questions. If you have any, we're not going to answer them because clearly we don't know. So that is it. We've gone through drug PSAs. These were really fun. I actually really like these drug PSAs. Drugs. Fun. Drugs equals fun. So we'll be back with our next episode on the subject of... Who knows? Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a gamble. We'll find something and we'll share it with you and we'll tell you the stories behind your favorite ads. And that's it. So bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. What? Okay, last time. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Many, many questions. Is my brain butter?